0: Realizing that everyone, when they go to college, is making a major transition. Even if they're coming from Catholic school, you know, a private charter school, from a public school, college is a major transition for everyone. So once your kid steps foot on the college campus and starts walking into the classroom, everyone has the same look on their face: like, what am I doing? How do I do this? You know, it's totally different for for everyone there. So that's what the students here tell me. Our, our homeschool students who come to Benedictine, they say. You know, I thought it was going to be a huge transition, but really everyone was kind of going through the same thing. We all had the scared look on our face. And by and large, the homeschoolers do really well because they're so self-directed. They're kind of already used to like looking at a syllabus and trying to figure out when they're going to do certain things. And and they're also used to not being in class as much as our traditional counterparts, you know, who are sitting in a classroom from eight to four every day or eight to three. Our students are kind of more used to a college schedule where it's like maybe 15 hours hours of class a week instead of 40 so our homeschoolers are very well prepared for what college has to throw at them
1: that's megan facero college admission office professional and former homeschooling mom megan is a homeschool outreach coordinator for benedictine college a catholic four-year liberal arts college After homeschooling her daughter from kindergarten through high school, she has taken her natural passions to help connect homeschool students and their families to her alma mater. So grab a seat by the fire as we travel to Kansas to discuss how we can prepare our homeschooled kids for college with joy and confidence. But before we begin, just a few reminders. For any new homeschooling families, remember to grab your free homeschool getting started packet. It includes a step-by-step process to getting started, a supply checklist, and simple weekly planner templates. And with fall approaching, we are so excited to announce the release of our free Ultimate Family Camping Outdoor Checklist. Nathan and I have been camping together since college and camping with the kids for the past six years so we know what it takes to have a successful and less stressed camping trip with a family and a dog. We've camped with infants, toddlers, all the stages, so we put together this checklist in hopes to help other families wanting to get out and camp more. Both packets are now available on our website's homepage to download, as well as on our Instagram profile and in these show notes.
2: And now, back to the campfire. I'd like to welcome Megan Fasaro from Benedictine College. How are you, Megan?
0: Doing great. Thank you, you two.
2: <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming on. So we always start off with an introduction. So could you just um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background?
0: Yeah, sure. So my name is Megan Fasaro. And the reason Nathan and Anita invited me here today is because I'm the homeschool outreach coordinator for uh, Benedictine. College, which is a Catholic four-year liberal arts college in Atchison, Kansas. But before that, I was a homeschooling mom. So I have one daughter; she's our only child. Uh, We homeschooled her from kindergarten through high school, and we're so thankful we did. Um, And so then, when she, you know, when she graduated from my homeschool, I was kind of like a lot of other homeschooling moms at the end of their career. But I, since she was my only one, I still had plenty of career time. I'm left to, to, do. So I reached out to Benedictine because we live about 20, mi- 20 miles away from the campus. And my husband and I are both graduates of the college. My husband actually works here as well. So I reached out to our office of admission and I knew I wanted to do something that kept me connected with homeschoolers. So I just asked if they would be interested in having someone who is specifically dedicated to, to answering questions from homeschoolers and reaching out to them wherever we can find them. Um, to connect them with our college because we know they're they're great college students and we we want to recruit as many as we can here at Benedictine. So I immediately got a positive reaction from our office of admission and so since 2017 I've been the homeschool outreach coordinator for uh, working with our office of admission to specifically connect homeschoolers with with Benedictine. And so my husband, Matt, is the director of operations here at the college, which means he's like all the non-academic stuff. So he's housekeeping and security and all of those kinds of things. And our daughter just graduated on Saturday from Benedictine with her degrees in history and theology. And she's moving on. She's going to be moving to Omaha this summer um, to start her first job. So that's kind of where we how I ended up here at Benedictine and what my homeschool background is all about.
1: That's great. so you created your own job. Good yeah. for you.
0: <laughs> I know it's like I'm living the dream. I always tell people the best job is homeschool mom. so I mean I, I'm never probably gonna have that job again. but I've got the second best job which is working with homeschool families for the college that I love. Um, so I feel like I'm I've got the best of both worlds.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I always like to hear people's story on why they came to homeschool. So can you share with us your story?
0: Yeah, that's such a great question. So we always say in our little family, just the three of us, I went to Catholic schools, my husband went to public schools, and our daughter is homeschooled. So we all have a totally different educational background. And so honestly, when my husband and I got married, we never pictured ourselves homeschooling. We actually knew some homeschoolers, um, and we were kind of like, no, I don't I don't think that's what we want for our family. But then after we got married, and we began to meet other parents and families, um, we just started to really witness something different about those homeschool families. And we couldn't quite put our finger on it. We were like, what is it about these families that's so different? We realized they're homeschooling. And so we just loved the relationship between the siblings. We loved the relationship between the parents and the and their students. And um, we also just right about that same time, we happened to have an associate pastor at our parish who what so he's a priest, but his siblings all homeschool their their students. So I we kind of talked to him about this and we said, now we're kind of feeling drawn to homeschooling. What what do you think? And he said, you know, people homeschool for so many different reasons. They do it for like great academics, you know. Um, great faith life. They, they do it for all kinds of reasons, but the best reason for him, he said, do it for the lifestyle you can have. It's so convenient. Mm-hmm. So, so awesome to spend so much time with your, with your students. So that was kind of the way we went. We said, we, yeah, we we're in it for the academics. We're in it for the faith life. We're in it for the community life, but we're mostly in it for this great lifestyle that we have as a family, this time that we get to spend together, you know, pursuing all of these different activities together. Um, So yeah, those, the families that we met were such an inspiration to us. They completely converted us on the homeschooling front.
1: I love that. We are, that's kind of one of our main focuses of our podcast is the lifestyle, like redesigning your lifestyle with homeschooling or home education being at the core of it. Cause we couldn't agree more. So I love that you brought that up as one of the main reasons for you guys.
0: Yeah. So, and again, there are so many other benefits, so you can yes. look at it from a lot of different angles, but if you just purely go from like, this is just a great way to live. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of benefit right there.
2: Yes. Yeah, before your homeschooling and like when we were public school, you like see these people like who do these who are these people hanging out on a Wednesday all together with their family? Who do they think they are?
0: <laughs> yeah, who goes to who goes on vacation in September? I mean, what are you doing? Exactly. But then that became like one of our favorite things. Is like after everything would clear out at the end of the summer, we would go camping at, you know, like a local state park and we'd have the place to ourselves. And it was mm-hmm. just, it was like, we felt like the smartest people around. Like, oh my <laughs> goodness, we have, we're so clever. Look at this. And we're enjoying this beautiful September weather, you know honor we've got the whole state park to ourselves yeah we are we are smart aren't we like, <laughs> we're so smart We're <laughs> the secret is getting out though yes, so.
1: <laughs> it is we need to keep hiding it I guess we're doing the wrong thing here
0: <laughs> exactly
1: <laughs> homeschooling is not all that great
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> right right we need to have a whole podcast on that we said that
2: during uh, when COVID really kicked off and everybody was starting to to like be at home with their kids. Man, I'm really glad that everybody's spending more time with their family, but Wednesdays used to be quiet here and now it's not. (laughs) All the the parks were packed. We're like,
0: man. (laughs) Right. Look at all these families enjoying time together. What are they doing?
1: (laughs) (laughs) We had you on because we wanted somebody who was a homeschooling parent themselves that could talk to us about that bridge of going from homeschooling into college. If if a parent's child decides that that's what they want for their future. Mm -hmm. Um, And we are with our children in elementary preschool age. So we're not there yet, but we think it's very important. So can we start, we'll start with uh, if you could just kind of describe what your, a homeschool outreach coordinator does and like the services that you offer.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think you make such a great point, first of all, that like not everyone is going to be called to college for sure. There's so many different options out there and all of our students are so unique. They're going to be called to something different. But what my goal was always just to have all of the options available to my daughter so that, you know, so that she was ready no matter what she felt called to do after high school so that if college was one of those things that she was prepared. So I, need, I knew I wanted to offer her a college prep foundation during high school. So my role as the homeschool outreach coordinator at Benedictine is mostly, so like the title says, outreach. It's really trying to go find the homeschoolers where they exist, you know, what the pockets of our communities we can find them in. Because for a typical admission office, when they want to reach a high schooler, they can just call the high school right up. They can go take a table and all of their materials. They can just, they can get in on a class. They can, they know where the students are from nine to three every day and they can just go there. That's how it works. But when you're trying to reach homeschoolers, we're all in our own little houses, you know, doing our own little thing. And sometimes we come together for a co-op or we maybe congregate around a certain parish or a church or, um, you know, just different curriculums can attract different people. So, so those are kind of my, angles at reaching uh homeschoolers is where do they congregate in some of our key cities you know like what are some of the parishes where we find them what are some of the main co-ops that are active in these communities Um, what what curriculum do they use and can i connect with a can i as the homeschool outreach coordinator make a connection with that curriculum to reach out to their high schoolers or something like that so that's my role is to um, find the homeschoolers where they are And then once we have found them is um, just being a resource for them because I just found, okay, I was a homeschooling mom of a, only child. I mean, how many of those do you know? There aren't a very many of us, you that's know, Who so <laughs> true. and so I had all this time, like when my daughter was in high school, I sort of like compiled all of my notes about what, what it was like to prep for college with a homeschooler, mostly because my sister was also homeschooling and I knew she had no time to look into this. Like she, she had six kids under the age of 12 and I'm like, what is she going to do when her kids get into high school? She's going to have no time to like, research? When's the ACT being offered? Do you even need to take the ACT? How do I do a transcript? You know, all of these things. So I sort of started just compiling this information as like a help to my homeschooling friends. Um, and then I just realized there there's so much pressure on homeschool moms just to get the regular job done every day um, that sometimes it can be hard to pull in college prep type things. And mm. those are so important if we want our students to be able to have that as an option at the end of their high school. So I'm available as a resource to homeschooling parents. Um, Like I go to conferences and give different talks on preparing your homeschooler for college, sort of some insider tips I've learned now that I'm working in the admission office, things I wish I would have known as a homeschool mom. So those are, I'm on like a mission to share, share these insider tips with other homeschooling families.
1: Okay. And so do you ever help with the application process as well, or is that somebody else in the office?
0: Yeah. So it's sort of a both here at Benedictine anyway, the way mm-hmm. we do it, each student has their own admission counselor, and that's probably how most universities and colleges are going to be. So just enjoy that fact that your student has their own admission counselor who's like dedicated to helping your student get through that process. Um, So that's how it is here at Benedictine. We divide students up by territory. Um, And then I'm sort of like alongside all of our admission counselors, if they have any, if they have a family with specific homeschooler related questions, like how do I make a transcript or how do I um, represent my students extracurricular activities on a resume? Does my student even have any extracurricular activities? You know, some Mm -hmm. of them are like, what do we do that could be even go on a resume, but I can help them. Um, you know, take a look at their family life. Like, what can you put on a resume? Mm-hmm. So, those are the, those are the ways that I can help students get, getting ready for that college application process.
1: Okay, and then I assume that not all colleges and universities have a wonderful homeschool outreach coordinator. So, where do you suggest that those families um, even start, or where they, where should they look? I guess yeah. for guidance and getting started.
0: Yeah, I think the best thing is to find out who your student's admission counselor is. Because now that I know the admission counselor is on this end of things, I realize, I mean, they're they're wanting to recruit your student. So they have a vested interest in helping your student go through the process. So you can even call when your student is a freshman in high school if you know that they're interested in this particular college and just say, Hey, you know, I've got a homeschooler here. So at the at the freshman year, you can do the calling for your student. So you just you can call, just let them know you've got a homeschooler. You want to know what the what their homeschool admission requirements are, and those will just vary widely depending on the different colleges. Mm-hmm. Um, here at Benedictine, we're just looking for students to meet their state's uh, minimum homeschool, high school graduation requirements. Mm. And we accept a parent's transcript as official, but that's not how it is everywhere. So you'll just wanna make sure that um, you're ready for wherever it is that your student may want to apply. Um, So those admission counselors are gonna be like your best friend. And that's one of my tips is like, hey, become friends with your student's admission counselor. They're there to help them. Um, they have an interest in your student. And the more they know your student, the more they'll be able to offer them assistance, more they'll be able to connect them with different majors and departments at, at a college, possibly connect them with like scholarship opportunities, things like that. So just let your student become, you know, a part of that admission counselor's work, daily work.
1: So are you saying, do you suggest then freshman year would be maybe a good year or another year as far as like when the parents and students should actually start looking into colleges?
0: That's a great question. So I think first, anytime you're anywhere near a college, if you're on like vacation and you're near some college that you think is kind of cool or that your student might be interested in, just T- do a drive through of the campus, or so you can even stop in, in the admission council or admission office, just unannounced, you know, even when you're, we visited a college when my daughter was in seventh grade, cause I was like, I don't know when we're ever going to be back in this area again. So let's just swing through. So I felt, we felt like we at least had a view of what the campus looked like, what it felt like, what the city was like. So you can do a lot before your student has even gotten to high school mm-hmm. it, and it doesn't have to be stressful. Just, ha- mm-hmm. you know, just make it fun. Just go visit a college campus so they can start to get comfortable with that idea. And then I think freshman year is a good time to kind of, if you're charting out your four-year curriculum, like what you're going to do for your child's high school, it might be a good idea to reach out to those colleges and say, what are you going to be looking for from my student in four years? So that you're not caught off guard at the end of those four years and be like, oh, I wish I would have added in more math or wish we would have pursued a different... Or or maybe you're pursuing too much, you know, and and you can dial it back just a little bit. And so I don't think it's a bad idea freshman year to reach out and just find out what what they're requiring. Yeah, then then that freshman, sophomore, junior year is all about like standardized tests, which are becoming less and less of a focus as things progress. And coronavirus has just kind of expedited that process a little bit to kind of like the standardized tests sort of are a little bit on the back burner for people. But then, junior year is a great time to actually make some official college visits, and then by senior year, you're going to want to have the application done like summer before senior year or in early fall of senior year. Done. And then the okay. decision's not going to happen until the spring of senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, but you want to get in on that; just apply as early as possible to the colleges you're interested in that fall, early fall of senior year, so you could, so your student will have all of the opportunities available to them at that college.
1: So is there like an I guess an age requirement on when they can apply as far as like they have to have completed junior year to start applying?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Here at Benedictine, I think we say we they have to have, let me, let me think for a second, like <laughs> eight, six or eight. So, you know, we say they need to have a certain number of semesters completed. And so okay. it must be six because by the time they're done with that junior year, then they can go ahead and apply. Mm-hmm. And applications open, some applications are open now for, for fall of 2022 at colleges. So, I've seen, you know, emails from different colleges saying, hey, our application is open. Ours here at Benedictine opens August 1st, um, the year before. So the year before your student will enter college, but Mm -hmm. some are already open. So it happens, you know, during your student's junior year at the end is when applications will begin opening. Oh,
1: 2022. Man, I wouldn't have thought to even think that far in advance. (laughs)
0: I know. Yeah. Here in admission, we're always like working like a year. So yeah, right now we're focusing on our fall 2022s. Um, So anyone who's a junior right now is, is our kind of prime target right now.
1: Mm -hmm. So after homeschooling your own child and then going through the application, the college application process with her and now being in this position, what are some things you would have done differently or focused more on?
0: Oh yeah, this is a great question. And so when I first started my job here at Benedictine in 2017, when people were like, oh, so what's, was your new job? And I would tell them I'm homeschool outreach coordinator and the faculty would say, oh, okay, let me tell you a few things. I've got, here's some advice for students who, if you can talk to the homeschoolers before they send their kids here, this is what I would tell them. Um, And then they also told me some things you're like, oh, homeschoolers are the best at, you know, whatever it is they would, they would Tell me, tell them to keep that up. You know, they're, they're excelling in my classroom because of the the skills that they have from homeschooling. So I I have a lot of great advice for people, things they could do differently. And then just some encouragement, like things to just keep doing, like don't give up because you're doing an awesome job. Your students are so well prepared for the college classroom. Mm -hmm. So some of the things that, that I probably could have done differently, uh, one would be giving my student a little bit of practice in note taking during a lecture. So, I mean, it makes perfect sense. We don't do a lot of lecturing as homeschoolers, but as part of the college experience, no matter what kind of college you go to, there will be some type of note taking that you need to, mm-hmm. that your student will need to be able to do kind of just off the cuff and they just need to be ready to do it. It needs to be legible when they're done and it needs to be something that's going to be helpful for them when they go back to like study for a test or mm-hmm. prepare for a paper or something like that. So I, I mean, I think some good ideas would be just to have your student watch even like a, one of your favorite speakers or watch a TED talk or something on YouTube And just take notes, just practice, you know, taking notes in the moment. They if they they'll get used to listening to the speaker and writing down the notes at the same time. So that's something that I think we could definitely help our students do as homeschoolers. Um, Another thing that I hear from our professors is that homeschool students sort of don't realize how important deadlines are in college. (laughs) And and it kind of depends on the professor. Some professors are more relaxed with deadlines than others but they tell, they just told me, you know, tell homeschoolers that sometimes deadlines really do mean something. They really are deadlines. And, uh, and I think I can totally see how that happens to us. As I I used to extend things for my daughter all the time because I knew how busy we were as a family where I knew, Oh, you know, we've, we were busy this weekend. So why don't you just turn that in next week? But that's not going to happen when you go to college. So, um, so having at like junior and senior year of high school, just add some deadlines into your students' work and kind of hold them to it. And they'll thank you for that later for that experience.
1: That's great. (laughs) I guess we get too relaxed sometimes. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, we are so relaxed. I mean, that's another, a professor told me that she thinks homeschoolers need to work on seeing test taking as like a time of assessment and not learning. And I, I I looked at her like she was speaking a foreign language. I was like, what are you talking about? And basically, you know, from her perspective, she said, homeschoolers they think like during the test they can just come up and be like no I don't understand how this math is she teaches math here at Benedictine and I don't understand how this works like she's going to teach them during a test (laughs) and I was like oh I am so guilty of that because if my daughter was still trying to learn something even during a test I was like so thrilled that she just wanted to learn I I was like yeah let me just teach you that right now um but that's not going to happen in college, obviously. We have to look at like instructional time as instructional and test taking time as assessment time. Um, So I think we can do that in our own homeschool or homeschools, just, you know, have a few tests each year that we kind of say, hey, we're not going to, I'm not going to help you with that. You can't ask me any questions during it and then not be afraid of the results. And I think sometimes that is what prompted me to just want to, I didn't want to have her take a test and possibly fail because that would mean I had done something wrong in my teaching or we hadn't, we hadn't succeeded the way I wanted to. So instead of being afraid of gaps, you know, like if you discover a gap in your students' learning, that's like, that's great to discover during high school. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to discover, oh no, we, we need to go over that again. My student didn't grasp that concept. There's nothing to be afraid of, and high school is a great time to um, to learn those things.
1: No, I think those are all great because we do. I, I do think that many homeschooling parents have a different mindset than those in the system, but. Like you said, if you want to go to college, unfortunately, you have to follow what the system does. So right. you they really <laughs> exactly. have a choice but to go with it.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's got to be like a little balance there. And, mm-hmm. and and all of that, those special things that we get to do when we're not in the system, those are mm-hmm. going to pay off too. So just to have a few skills under our kids' belts is can't hurt in any yes. way, you know, for them just to be, it'll help them in their married life too, and in their jobs, whatever it is they do after college.
1: Mm -hmm. That's actually one of the reasons why we give our our oldest right now, because our our other two boys are still kind of young for it. But we, at the end of the year, give her a standardized test, but we don't turn it into the state. And it's more so that we want her to practice that skill of test taking for because if she wants to go to college, we don't want that to be something like so foreign that's very stressful when it comes because there is kind of an art to test taking.
0: <laughs> that's exactly right. Even just filling out the bubbles and and then, you know, looking, I need to put in C here from the test and he's gone this bubble on this line. That is a skill that every other student in the system is getting to learn. Mm -hmm. And so if we can help our students, I love that idea to have them just take a standardized test at the end of each school year. Mm -hmm. Like you said, just for your own, um, just for the own, your own benefit. And then what I... I think freshman year of your students' high school, having them go and sit in a classroom and do the same thing, Mm -hmm. provided that standardized tests still continue the way they have been. But if they do, having your student go into the classroom and have to do all of that, but also have like someone writing on their, you know, next to them or someone blowing their nose or getting up to go to the bathroom or whatever (laughs) it is, um, and not providing this like perfect, perfectly quiet home school setting for them to take the test in, because that's not going to be reality. I think that's, that's a great idea.
1: That's that is good right there. I like that <laughs> suggestion.
2: I do have to agree though, with, with what you said the professors are complaining that they were asking questions during the test. I just had to take like a, a standardized type test for my job
0: uh-huh.
2: and I, I took it and I got, we, we got the scores back and I thought to myself, what did we accomplish here? I, I have no idea what I got wrong or right. The <laughs> things that I did get wrong, I'll never know that I got wrong and and then learn what was what the right thing was.
0: Uh-huh.
2: It's completely just too, well, I'm sorry. What, what word did you use that the professor said? It's, it's not uh, a learning. As,
0: like assessment time or yes,
2: assessment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. It's a, it's complete assessment with zero learning. And I think it's great that homeschool kids think that everything is about learning because to me that that's why we homeschool because life is about learning. Every situation is about learning. And then when you do, when you step into a situation where it's not, it, it does seem kind of foreign.
0: I totally agree. And that's what actually our professors tell us. They say the best thing about homeschoolers is that they're not, they're learning for learning's sake. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to jump through hoops. They don't even think about education that way. And that comes ac- across so great in the college classroom mm-hmm. because you don't want someone who's just there to like check off the boxes and move along. We, our kids, typically don't behave like that when they've been homeschooled. They're more there just actually to learn. And the professors will say homeschoolers come prepared to the classroom. And so I'm like, oh, what does that look like when a homeschooler is prepared? This is what they say. Homeschoolers are on time to class. It's amazing. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Then they they're prepared. They've done the work that they were asked to do great. And then they stay in communication with the professor. They don't like slink out of the classroom at the end of the class. They're, they're like in a relationship with the professor because that's what they've kind of learned at, at our homes as well. So those are, that's definitely noticeable. You know, the professors Mm -hmm. notice that about homeschoolers.
1: We actually just recently interviewed a homeschooling dad and he said he was homeschooled growing up. And it was more of also the time where homeschooling still wasn't that big yet. And he said, when he got to college, he did great because when he, when he was sitting there in the lecture hall, he was like, you know, there's people like passing out or like complaining <laughs> that this is so boring. And I'm like, man, this is good stuff. I mean, we have professionals here <laughs> that, that are so knowledgeable about, it. and they're telling us about the great poets and history. And he's like, I'm just soaking it all up. And they're just like, You know, they they have that love for learning, you know,
0: (laughs) that's exactly right. Yeah. And that's super noticeable. You know, professors can identify that in a in a moment. So and that's what uh, our we have a student success center here on campus and the director of the student success center, her advice for homeschoolers was to kind of almost um, be a little careful because they're our, our homeschoolers can get so excited by all of the opportunities on campus that are being offered. You know, they come from homeschoolers, homeschool, they get to campus, there's like intramurals and dances and, um, speakers and presentations and, you know, opportunities for tutoring and works, you know, just all of these things. And they're so excited because they're just like, wow, this is all amazing Um that they can they can like either get totally they kind of forget like the academics. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. That's why I'm here is to, to graduate with a degree or or they say sometimes homeschoolers can come in. They're like only focused on the, the academics. Mm-hmm. So having balance that balance between, you know, they get get so excited and so passionate. But then also being able to say, okay, what is my purpose? What is my goal for being here? Um, what what do I need to be successful at college? And trying to strike a balance.
1: Another uh, skill I had actually heard you mention in an um, interview that you were in that I was listening to was when the child is applying to college, that the child actually do most of the application process and communication with the advisor as opposed to the parent.
0: Yeah, that's a huge one. It's so hard though to strike that balance, but when, whatever we can do to let our student take the lead on their process. So, I mean, you're still going to be, the parents are still super essential to the whole process and you have to be, but whatever we can do to let them take the lead. So, some ways you could do that is to have them, them make a phone call to the admission office. So you two, you can sit down with your student, make a list of all of the questions that the two of you have. You can even sit next to them while they're making the call, but just let them practice, you know, that this is a great way to practice these kinds mm-hmm. of things. Um I think I was kind of, I didn't realize just what a great resource the admission office could be to a homeschool family. So I didn't really rely on them in any way. I sort of, we just did it all ourselves. And I, I, didn't call and ask them any questions. I didn't have my daughter call, but now that I know what they're like, I mean, these, these are like the most fun people who work in the admission office because they're working with high schoolers every day. They love the college they're representing. So they're, they're just a lot of fun. So and they're a great resource of, of information and they're used to working with high schoolers. So they won't be shocked when someone calls and isn't super comfortable making phone calls or asking questions. They're, this is who they work with every day, our high schoolers. So yeah, whatever you can do to let them kind of shine and take the lead is, is going to be a huge help to your student.
1: Good reminder that you guys are still human.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I (laughs) I don't know why I was so, so uh, I just didn't see them as a resource. And they even Mm -hmm. say like homeschoolers should just call us like during the day because everyone else is in school from nine to three. So they're like, call. We're just here. Like we, they have to do a lot of their work after like three 30 or four, because yeah. that's when students are out of school, but not homeschoolers. We're, yeah. we're available during the day. So, you know, take advantage of that opportunity and make a couple of phone calls during the day.
1: So do you have recommendations on what a student and family should be looking for when searching for a college to make sure it's a good fit?
0: Yeah, oh, that's a great question. I mean, I think sometimes colleges sort of come across our paths, like either they're like a local um, state university or college that might just be automatically on every student's list in your area. But then there will be some others that your student may hear about from a friend or um, they may get a piece of mail from that college and it really like draws them in and and strikes their fancy. So different colleges will kind of bubble up for your student. But then if you, if your student has really specific interests, you know, if it's really specific major programs or they really want to be in a certain type of environment, like a Catholic Catholic school or or they maybe they want to be in a large city. They're, then you can kind of start to narrow things down that way. So I ha, there is a really fun kind of resource for people who love numbers, and I just always say it's for like math geeks. You know, this it's called nces.ed.gov, and it's just like a federally funded statistics um, d- database about colleges, and you can do searches about all different types of colleges or, and, and find out all kinds of different data points about them. Like what's the guy girl ratio? What's the four-year graduation rate? How many majors do they offer? Um, Where is it located? What's, what's Mm -hmm. diversity like on campus? Um, You can just tons of data points that you may Mm -hmm. not even think. So when you're just looking at it from like a pure numbers perspective, you could go to something like that and put in your, your, students, like what they're interested in and see what pops up. So that's one way that you can kind of start to narrow down or, or even like broaden your focus too, mm-hmm. um, just by taking a look at some, some websites like that.
1: Great. Now I know the, co- the college search and application process can be daunting. So what resources do you recommend to help with that search?
0: Yeah. Okay. So I just, there are some really awesome tools that are available for homeschoolers. And I, one of them is that nces.ed.gov mm-hmm. website, because it's just, um, it's just fun to kind of compare the colleges on those different points. Um, so there's also a resource called My Majors, and you can go, your student can go and take like a 10 to 15 minute assessment. It's like a personality quiz. So high schoolers love doing that kind of thing where it identifies their passions and their interests and where they where they excel and where they struggle and um, And then it generates a list of possible majors for someone who has that personality. Mm -hmm. And then along with the majors it has a list of possible careers, which I think is just a really cool next step. So you can Mm -hmm. see like, yeah, you know, a great major might be history, but then what am I going to do with that? Mm -hmm. But it generates a list of possible careers that go along with that major. So definitely recommend that as a resource for sure. Another amazing resource, which it seems like maybe you were familiar with transferology. It is, it's great for any student who is taking dual credit which I don't know but I don't know how familiar are with you are with this but this has just exploded in the last like five years for um, high homeschoolers to take college courses while they're still in high school and they use them for to you know to count as one of their high school credits but also they're earning college credit as well so transferology helps you identify what classes are being offered in your area and how they will transfer to a co- the college of your dreams so you can and say like, hey, I've got this local community college, what can I take here while I'm in high school, fulfill some high school requirements, and be earning college credit at the same time so I definitely highly recommend transferology and you can compare different colleges that you're looking at to see how they accept those credits mm-hmm. so not only do they accept them but does it fulfill anything or is it just an elective which that's great too but if it actually counts toward um, maybe they the general ed- education requirements or toward a degree then it's even more valuable to you. So it kind of helps you identify what classes to have your high schooler take at a college if you're thinking about doing that. And then we here at Benedictine, we have what we call the Catholic Homeschool a Student and Parent Guide to Preparing for College Admission. And it's just a free resource that we offer. And it, it's got Catholic in the name, but it is really, it it's very generic. So it could be um, offered, you know, it would be helpful to anyone. And what we have included in it is like a, a guide to creating your own resume so and I think that's something students should do the freshman year of their freshman year of high school is start working on their resume so that they've got an idea like what is this thing that I'm trying to build so that by by their senior year they kind of have a strong resume that's ready to be used for scholarship applications and things like that Um, so it tells us how to do that and it also Mm -hmm. tells us how to create a transcript for homeschoolers so you know, if you're making your own transcript, you might be wondering like what are colleges looking for? What does it need to look like? What's the bare minimum of information that needs to be on it, and then it has a four-year college planning timeline in it. So it starts freshman year of high school and takes you all the way through senior year of just things to do each year to make sure that your student is just is ready for for college applications. Um, and then finally, it has a campus visit comparison guide. So it has a list of questions that we think students should be asking themselves when they're making campus visits, and it gives them an opportunity to kind of compare. Mm-hmm which colleges meet uh, what they're looking for. So that's available at benedictine.edu slash homeschool guide. And it's just a free guide. We send it to you electronically. And then we send it a hard copy in the mail too. So your student can actually check off the things on the college planning checklist.
1: What a wonderful resource.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of like born out of my experience, you know, when, gathering all of this information when I, when my daughter was in high school and thinking, oh my goodness, my sister is going to need this info someday, you know? <laughs> so now I've got this guy that's like professionally branded from Benedictine, ready to go to, to hand to give to all of my homeschool friends. So,
1: well, that was the prime time. Like those are the times where you're going to create like the best ideas. Cause you're in the trenches. Like, you know, what you need to be looking for, what is going to be more, most useful. So that's great that you brought that with you. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, it is great, and it has. It it is, yeah, it comes from homes. The wisdom from homeschool moms of you know years past. So, anytime I saw saw a homeschool mom with a great idea, I just added it into the guide. So, I I have all of these homeschool parents who have gone before me to thank for that.
1: Well, to go back to transferology, I think that is amazing that they have created that tool. We did actually interview um, Jennifer Cook DeRosa, who is the creator of Homeschooling for College Credit. Oh, yes. Yeah. And she was, you know, talking to us about her amazing platform and all the things that you can do to, to earn college credit while you're in high school and you can do it for free and the club testing. And one of my yeah. questions was like, that's great, but how do you know which ones you want to do? for the college you're going to go to. Mm -hmm. And she, she said, you know, you'd have to check with that college, which ones they'll actually accept because not every college will accept the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I just love that they have created this tool to kind of simplify things because that sounded daunting to me. And I was like, Oh man, like you really figure that out then.
0: Yeah, it's really true. So basically if you want to get really into this, which a lot of homeschool moms do and, and parents do, they just want to, um, They'll, they'll start looking at the course catalog for the college. That's the really the first place to look. Mm-hmm. So look at the college's course catalog, which is online. Take start taking a look at what every student is required to take, whether they're going to major in engineering or in philosophy, they may be required to take certain classes. And those are the ones that would be would make a lot of sense to start with. Just have your student take some of those classes that will transfer in. And then it just gives them more time and more flexibility to pursue those other things that philosophy mm. or the engineering whatever it may be. But yeah, I I think it saves, it's saving parents a ton of time. It's saving colleges a ton of time because our registrar, it used to just be a super manual process. A parent would call or email and Mm -hmm. ask, do you accept this credit? They would have to look it up. And now it's just automatically done for them in transferology.
1: Wow. So it works for, it's a win-win for everyone.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I do always try to remind people too, it's okay to just come in to college with just high school background. It, it doesn't seem like it sometimes when you're talking to all of your homeschooling friends and their students are coming in with like 30 hours of college credit or something. And <laughs> it seems so smart and it is, it can be really smart, but also it's, it's totally perfectly fine for a student to come to college and just, just, have come right from high school. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So, you always have to kind of evaluate, what's my motivation for this? Am I just trying to like keep up with the other homeschoolers and my co-op and you know, get my kid through all of these college classes or or do I have a real reason? Like I want to help them shave off a year of college or I want to help them have a little more flexibility while they're in college to take a smaller, a lighter class load. Those kinds of things. So you just want to analyze like what are my motivations for this and make sure you're not just like keeping up with the the homeschoolers next door.
1: Absolutely. I think ours would be to save money.
0: (laughs) Yep. And that is a huge one. It's a, it's huge. If you can shave off a year of college, that's, that's Mm -hmm. remarkable. All
1: right. Many parents feel inadequate or overwhelmed with the thought of preparing their kids for college. If they're homeschooled. I know that when we were first making the decision to homeschool, one of the things that kept holding me back was thinking, how could I be adequate enough to prepare our kids in case they just decide to go the college route? Like, I just don't see how that's possible. And it's crazy to think that I almost didn't want to homeschool because of that fear. And that's something that's like way down the road, you know, and I just kind of had to remind myself, well, first of all, okay, that we have years to prepare for this. And second of all, you know, look at all the other parents that have been doing this for years. And that was kind of my like, push to go forward. But with that being said, what words of encouragement do you have to help debunk those fears that these parents have?
0: Yeah, I think you're right. You're, you're right. Like looking at the proof, it's, it's out there, you know, we, we see tons of homeschool grads, all of those ones around us that we know personally, who have gone right from homeschooling in high school and gone right to college and been, successful. Um, So we know that it's out there. The proof is there. Talking to college professors, they acknowledge that seven out of the 10 brightest students in their classes will be homeschoolers. So just, you know, realizing that it's been done, that you're not the first person who has done this, that that's a huge one. And then the second one is Realizing that everyone when they go to college is making a major transition, even if they're coming from Catholic school, you know, a private charter school from a public school, college is a major transition for everyone. So once your kid steps foot on the college campus and starts walking into the classroom, everyone has the same look on their face like, what am I doing? How do I do this? <laughs> you know, it's totally different for, for everyone there. So that's what the students here tell me, our, our homeschool students who come to Benedictine. They say, you know, I thought it was going to be a huge transition, but really everyone was kind of going through the same thing. We all had the scared look on our face. And by and large, the homeschoolers do really well because they're so self-directed. They're kind of already used to like looking at a syllabus and trying to figure out when they're going to do certain things. And, and they're also used to not being in class as much as our traditional counterparts, you know, who are sitting in a classroom from eight to four every day or eight to three. Our students are kind of more used to a college schedule where it's like maybe 15 hours hours of class a week instead of 40. So our homeschoolers are very well prepared for what college has to throw at them.
1: Thank you. That's great. All right. We are down to our final questions. If you could hand a book to every new person you met, what book would it be?
0: Okay. Yeah, that's such a good question. I think the Little House on the Prairie series (laughs) is just an essential. So it's not just one book, but it's like the box set It needs to just be handed to every family when (laughs) when they start homeschooling or even not homeschooling, Um, because I think there are just so many life lessons in those books that you will that will come back to you and your your family. Oh, and then the other part of it is you have to read it aloud as a family. So, you know, so here's the box uh, box set and now just read this aloud over whatever time period you can with whoever, whatever ages they are, I promise you, you will not regret it. And you'll have just so many awesome memories to talk about later on. Those things just pop up all the time.
2: Uh, Does this have anything to do with you living on the prairie in Kansas?
0: (laughs) It might have a little, I may be a little biased here. I'm <laughs> and you're right. There are some, some things that happen out. We live out in the country and there are some things that happen and, and we immediately think of pa ingles and, <laughs> and, and, you know, just, so yeah, you're right. I'm biased. totally
2: biased. Completely biased.
1: <laughs> that is a great series. I love it. it is. <laughs> yeah. And you're right the stipulation is that you have to read it aloud as a family. Definitely.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> car trips, whatever, whatever it is that gives you the time. It just working through a, a, a box set of books as a family, it's like, feels like you've accomplished something when you're done with it.
1: Yeah, it does. It does. And then the final is if you knew you could leave only one last piece of wisdom for your child, what would it be?
0: Okay, so this is another great one. And um and so you I have to say you told me you were going to ask this, so I had time to prepare. <laughs> but, you know, when I think about it, I, everything I kept thinking about was about how our, our students are real our children, you know, are designed, they were created for a mission, a purpose in their life. And as long as they fulfill, you know, stay true to themselves and and fulfill that mission, Um, that's going to be, that's going to help them be happy here. It's going to be, help them be happy after their life here on earth. So it reminded me up on our refrigerator. So when, when our daughter was small, probably second or third grade, we read Swiss family Robinson out loud as a family and right away at the end of the very end of the book, like the last two pages of the book, the family is all kind of going separate ways. As we all do, we're all going to go our separate ways at some point after this little homeschooling adventure that we have. Um, and the father of the family has this beautiful line. So we, you know, we read that, I, I, I wrote it down, I put it up on our fridge, it's still there. And then on Saturday, when my daughter graduated from college, I gave her a gift, And the tag on it, I made the tag and it has that quote on it. So I'll tell you, this is the quote. So the father says to the son who's getting ready to like head off into the world, he says, God bless all our plans and resolutions. The whole earth is the Lord's and where as in his sight you lead good and useful lives, there is your home. And so that that's the that's what I think um, we want for our students is to go find a home, you know, from our they go from our homeschool, they're going to go find and make themselves a home out in the world and where they lead a good and useful life. The Lord is already there. He already knows his plans and resolutions for it, for the, your student. And and we know that our students will be happy. And so that's my wisdom for our, our families.
1: I love that. That's actually one of Nathan's favorite movies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Oh, great movie. Exactly. So you great read movie. the book, watch the movie. It's, it's awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Megan. This was so helpful, so useful. And we're going to make sure that we add all of those resources you mentioned in the show notes. So finally, where can people find you?
0: Yeah. So you can find me just on Benedictine's website. So benedictine.edu is the website and I'm on the admission page. So, um, and I would love to, you know, I am available to help individual families, but also, um, like homeschool co-ops, I would love to do like a zoom, something like this, um, for, for the high schools in your co-op or for a couple of families to get together and, and talk about, um, call it college prep for homeschoolers
1: awesome great so for any of our listeners that might run one that's great so thank you so much megan and we hope you have an awesome day
0: oh thanks so much it's great to talk to both of you, you
2: too.
1: all right bye bye we want to thank megan for joining us today she is such an encouragement reminding us that colleges are beginning to recognize the true value that homeschool students bring to their community We also want to thank all of you for joining us around the campfire today, as well as those of you who continue to join us each and every week. If you have been enjoying our podcast, please be sure to follow us on your podcast app and write a review. We would also love for you to connect with us on social media, such as Instagram or Facebook, or send us an email. We hope you have an amazing week. And as always, let's light a fire they can't put out.